0: Costs to originate keep rising even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome everyone. Today I'm joined by lead analyst Logan Motoshami to talk about the Fed's recession obsession, plus purchase apps and builder sentiment. Logan, welcome back to the podcast.
1: It is great to be here, Sarah. We have a lot to talk about.
0: We have a lot of Fed stuff to talk about. So first of all, over the weekend, we got some reaction to what happened in the market last week. You wrote an article about it. What happened?
1: You know, it's funny. During the longest economic and job expansion ever recorded in history, my – Kind of mortal enemies were always the anti-Central Bank people because they were always obsessed with recessions and, you know, needing America to collapse. Now the Federal Reserve is starting to get this obsession about a recession. And when the uh, CPI data uh, came in lower than expected, um, the stock market rallied, the bond market rallied, mortgage rates fell noticeably uh Waller one of the fed governors like hey we're we're way you know uh, uh, no, we're not anywhere close to uh, to uh, ending this we need more rate hikes you know the the housing market is fine which of course isn't true uh this is where i really start to get frustrated with the federal reserve if a sector of your economy is in a recession you cannot as an institutional leader say it's fine You sound disingenuous. You sound pathetic, actually. Okay, you have to acknowledge that, well, the housing sector is in a recession, a recession meaning production's down, demand's down, jobs are being lost, incomes are being lost. And you living in your nice single family home and telling people, oh, it's fine while jobs are being lost is not okay. But they went ahead and did that. So uh, the Federal Reserve does not want financial conditions to get looser. And if bond yields go down and mortgage rates go down and stocks rally, that creates a loosening of financial conditions. So they are very adamant on trying to get ahead of this every time that uh, stocks rally and bond yields go down. Well, we had this occur and during the summer, we went from six and a quarter percent mortgage rates to 5% and they were not happy. They went on a full media blitz on this. This cannot happen. Now, with rates at seven point three seven five, it went to you know we're almost at six and a half percent now. You know they're starting to do some pushbacks, and again today, one of the uh, other federal governors talks about well, you know what we need to keep things tight. We even if it means a recession, they're starting to get into this um, recession obsession phase where they start talking about advocating job losses, which goes against one of their mandates and just price stability. Now the economic data is firm it's getting better i I think what happened earlier this year is that a lot of people thought we went into recession in january q1 was negative q2 gdp was negative that's not a recession right because q3 was positive q4 right now is running at four percent gdp growth after retail sales beat right export data consumption data is fine consumption data was okay it's the housing sector that went into a recession everyone else is still employed and working right there so when a job loss recession happens you'll see it in the claims data after the six recession red flags are up so right now the fed is like every time bond yields go down and stocks rally they're in this we we, listen we need we're going to create a recession we know this already your forecast is for a recession next year okay but it it just comes off as i i I don't when you're telling people you want them to lose their jobs to make your job easier. I understand now why a lot of people don't like the Federal Reserve because it does seem like these people who live very nice lives are now advocating people to lose their jobs to make their job easier, right? And when one of them says, hey, listen, uh, the the housing market isn't in a recession or, you know, it's fine. It's not, it's not, it's in a recession. Acknowledge that first.
0: Yeah, you know, um, so you and I, Way back in what September, we were listening to uh, the Fed announce one of their rate hikes. And one of the things that Powell said was just like he was contrasting the pain that would happen if inflation got out of control with these kind of things, like, like, they're they're weighing it and saying this is for the what we're doing is for the betterment is for the greater good right so even though some people have to have pain it's better than the overall pain that would come with too high of inflation how do you feel like that plays now
1: we are in a much different spot today than we were in november of uh, 2021, And this is why I, I say it. I, I actually do understand the advocation of some of the Federal Reserve members losing their jobs because if, in 2021, if they would have said, listen, we have to be really aggressive with Fed rate hikes because inflation. OK, now it's a much different story. Right. We have a lot of Fed rate hikes in the system. Right? And the growth rate of inflation is already cooling down. The biggest driver of inflation right now, shelter inflation, we already know is cooling down because we use more up to date data lines. At this point, you don't really need to do this. Right. If you believe in a soft landing, if you do not believe in a soft landing, then just show the courage of a human being and say, we don't care if we go into recession. We want it. The soft landing talk is nonsense. We want you to lose your jobs to make our jobs easier. That at least is honest. But all this talk about we're a soft land. No, you don't want a soft landing. Be honest with the people and say, we need you to lose your jobs to make our job easier. That's fine. I'll accept that because then there are a single mandate. But to try to talk to people and say that, well, we need it. We're going to have a soft landing. We'll do what we can. No, you're not. You're not because it's different now. Than it was last november right the growth rate of inflation is already cooling off there's nothing you can do about oil prices with russia the dollars already got stronger and it didn't do the job so you can't control that but when things start to get a little bit better you don't have to jump on that right we're not talking about mortgage rates went from 7.375 to two and a half percent right we're just talking from like 7.375 the 6.60%, okay, you know, the bond yields are down again today. Why? Because yesterday's PPI inflation data missed estimates as well, right? If you look at the history of these inflationary peaks, when they break, they break, right? So I, I, I question the, the talk now with the timing. Now, if you want to say, listen, the Federal Reserve knows this, they're trying to buy time, okay, that, that, that is a viable talking point. That's the talking point I've used. They're just trying to buy time. But there comes a point to where it doesn't sound genuine anymore, right? And uh, if you're if you just come out in public says you're gonna lose your job to make our job easier for inflation, okay. Then at least everyone knows what they're what they're doing. But to say that we want a soft landing, you never wanted a soft landing then, right? So things getting easier on the financial conditions get a little bit easier. You don't have to jump on it every single time now, right? The 10-year yield isn't under 2% anymore, all right. Uh, The market wealth destruction of the stock market has already happened. Okay. So just take it slow and steady because you're almost near the end, right? You told us you wanted the Fed funds rate at four and a half, five percent. You're almost there, right? And let's let it stick. And if economic debt gets lower, you'll cut rates. Okay. But you don't need to jump on this every time something happens.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about rates because you, uh, Brought up the bond market, and I know that this is something that you watch a lot. In our last podcast, we talked about: could could rates go lower? Could they stay lower? Are they going to go higher? So, what's your what's your take right now?
1: So, right now on the ten-year yield, right, we four and a quarter to four point three percent. We tried uh, uh, twice to, uh, uh, to to break out of that. Uh, both times failed. The dollar is getting low, weaker. Okay, so the dollar is getting weaker. The bond yields are 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 falling. The growth rate of inflation is cooling down. Okay, the mortgage back the spreads between uh, uh, the thirty year uh, mortgage and the ten years is still very high. If the growth rate, and this is why I talk about the next twelve months. The growth rate of inflation falls, right? And we account for shelter inflation as you know as we should in, in a more common sense uh, approach. Mortgage rates can get back down to five percent. You know we wrote that article recently. Because the dollar is no longer getting stronger, we have to realize that last push in the 10-year yield uh, was a lot of world chaos, right? The IMF, the Bank of Japan, the bank – everyone was – the world cannot handle a strong dollar, especially when it accelerates, right? And now we see some of that coming off, especially in Japan, right? Uh, 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 Their situation is much more calm now. So the dollar getting weaker at this point is a positive. The 10-year yield getting lower, we're at 3.70%. This morning, over time, if the growth rate of inflation falls, right, ten-year yield should keep on going lower. Mortgage-backed securities, you know, again, the Federal Reserve, if it really wanted to help housing, it could with one sentence. Um, so, there's things that are happening now that are material. That is that are a material change. Uh, it isn't just the CPI print. Uh, the PPI inflation data had, 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 has been falling noticeably as well. If we just take its course, supply chains get better, right, you know um, we should be able to get there because housing's already in a recession started a recession in June, right, so we already know that the u s economy itself is not there yet. retail sales today had beat estimates again uh we you could be on recession watch right now that that 's a very viable premise, but we're not there in terms of millions of jobs being lost or anything in that degree, so we're we're trying to find that equilibrium. an economy staying firm remember the u.s does have this advantage that other countries don't we have a younger workforce right household balance sheets are better nominal credit card growth everybody says this nominal credit card growth above 2007 does not mean what you think it means right adjusting to inflation credit card growth is still below 2000 levels the the utilization rate is still very low Uh, we see some increase on the lower end income streams but we, we still have that expansion going. And if the Fed is trying to thread a needle, right, and to get a soft landing, you don't want to jump on these financial conditions getting easier at times, right? Because we're so far from anywhere being very loose. Uh, uh, give the economy, give people a chance, right, to get their jobs back or to not lose their jobs. But you don't have to jump on every single bond rally. Or every single stock rally now at this stage, you've already raised rates so much more that we weren't in this position last November, right? You know when I was on inverted yield curve watch, recessionary inverted yield curve. That was Thanksgiving of last year, right? We're a different position here. So uh, show a little bit of savvy, be a little bit clever out here, but don't do what Waller did. Waller, it's, it's it's embarrassing to to make a public statement that housing is fine and the sector is in a recession i mean you are a, a, an institutional leader right you're not a first grader taking an economics class come on right you know show some some you know uh, uh ability to read the situation better
0: well, I love, Logan, that you always tell us exactly what you think because um, I think that's the the way a lot of people feel where it was like it's like it's tone deaf to say housing is fine, everything's fine, but it's like clearly it's not fine. L-
1: let me tell you, if Christopher Waller worked for me, he's fired. He's gone. If he worked for me, if a guy worked for me and went on, made a public statement that the housing market is fine and then it's in a recession, you are gone. You are not sophisticated enough to read data correctly. You do not work for my institution. Done fired, goodbye. You get no severance either. Oh, wait a second. It doesn't feel good to lose your job, Christopher Waller, right? No, it doesn't feel good. Well, how are you gonna make your mortgage payment? Oh, it's fine, right? It's just it's so condescending. It's just come on, there are ways to talk about this with the more coherent, but I'm gonna tell you, a lot of these people are old. They're old guys running around with old cycle models, and they just do not understand. When you speak, you're speaking to the American public. I know you think you're only talking to bond traders in Wall Street, right? But if you do not realize every statement you make, you should be thinking you're talking to every single person in the country, right? You're not talking to bond traders in Pimco. Come on, you got to you have to realize this at this point. <laughs>
0: Uh, um, okay. Well, we have other things to talk about, although the Fed is endlessly fascinating and obviously, you know, has a huge effect on our industry, the housing industry, and, and our everyday uh operations. But let's talk about purchase application data.
1: Yeah, the uh purchase application data now, back-to-back weeks have been positive. We had a 1% increase last week, we had a 4% increase this week. Remember, we're working from very low levels, so any kind of breath you take, you know, can increase the weekly data. Uh, year over year, down 46%. Uh, one of the things I've talked about you know, many months ago is that because what happened last year was abnormal, October, November, December, going into January, purchase application volumes grow. It never really does that. I mean, seriously, never. Uh, usually it grows from the second week of January to the first week of May, and then after May, the volumes fall. COVID, of course, 2020 was the anomaly because of the delays in, in purchasing, and we just backtracked that. But last year, we didn't have that. So that was a very weird period of time. So expect 35 to 45 percent year-over-year declines to be the norms. We adjust everything to comps for the previous year. Um, uh, so if things were getting really weaker at this point, 53 to 57 percent year-over-year declines would be there. We're not there. So the weekly data have picked up uh, uh, for two weeks in a row, and you know, again, we saw stabilization in housing when mortgage rates got to five percent. It just didn't stay there long enough. So there are ways to where we could target levels for stabilization. That's what you want. You want to stop the bleeding first. And at 6.5% or anything like that, we're still not there yet, but you could see a little bit of life coming in. And remember, low bar, right? We're adjusting to population purchase application data is at all-time lows, right? And inventory levels, uh, you know, I did a Twitter live on this uh, video trying to explain it. it. Yeah, it really is. Purchase application data is below 2008 levels, but the total inventory data is 1.25 million. Back in 2007, it was 4 million. It's a much different marketplace. Why? Because human beings buy homes to live in. They don't look at it as an investment. You know, not everybody buying a home said, saying, oh my God, prices are falling. I have to get out. Being homeless is really cool. My wife is really going to love me when I tell her this. No. Your wife's not going to love you. Your wife's going to leave you, right? To go with someone else that could actually live in a house because it's shelter, right? Stop using housing as an investment premise when you think about the economics of housing. It's simply just a cost of shelter to your own capacity to own the debt. And household balance sheets and homeowners, their total cost of housing, uh, right, is, is so good right now. They just don't go, I'm purposely going to do something to ruin my life. Because that's the kind of man I am. No, you can see this now. We've done it. We ran through all of 2008 purchase application data and what? New listings data declined as soon as rates went up, right? The the exact opposite thing happened. What we were told was always going to happen when demand collapses. Inventory was going to skyrocket. The new listings data declined in the fastest fashion, really, outside of COVID 2020 period, okay? So just remember, homeowners don't look at their homes as an investment in that way, right? They just live there. It's raise your families, go to work, kids go to school. That's it. It's not that exciting uh, 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 of a situation.
0: Do you think we're going to have, uh, you know, the purchase application fall going forward? Because, you know, next week is Thanksgiving. Then we've got, you know, between that and Christmas, like seasonality wise, what do you expect with the purchase application?
1: Well, seasonality was supposed to end in in uh, May, right? That was it. You know, that's the seasonality factor. So uh, because the, the the data has gone down so much that you can get these little bounces, especially if rates keep on falling, right? So think about it. You, you've collapsed so much that if rates went down to 6%, you could see an, like an increase just because you're using a low bar, right? That's why you have to adjust uh, uh, your, your thinking depending on where the data is at. So back to back positive weeks uh, in the data line, we haven't had that in a long time, but realize that we are literally adjusting to population is the lowest levels ever. So uh, context is always key, especially with a purchase application data.
0: Well, let's talk about builder's confidence data. Wow, this is just, this is rough. This is a sad one to me.
1: Yeah, so when March of 2022 came, we wrote that article saying the biz- the builder's business model is at risk, right? And that's when rates got past 4%, but that's, that's being consistent with my work for many years once the 10-year yield breaks above 1.94 percent the housing market will change well it finally did that except we have massive home price gains to go with it so that's a double whammy there so back then the new home sales report wasn't that bad uh, and the builders were sounding very confident then oh we can take it we could take it but no over time uh, uh, it'll 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 eventually hit you so June is when I put the housing market in a recession especially with the builders, um, that was before the big waterfall collapse in the HMI data. And this basically just tracks housing cycles going for decades. They, the builders don't won't admit it at first, but when it breaks, it breaks. And then you see the confidence data really collapse. So we're not back to COVID-19 lows, but we're almost there. So the builders have 56,000 homes available for sale. They have 406,000 homes that are either in construction or haven't built yet. So they're, they need to get rid of those homes to make money off of them so they could use incentives and whatever they can. But they're done building, right? Because they don't build to lose money. So the multifamily construction, we're starting to see some of the data lines get softer there. So real people, right? This is one of the things I tweeted out today. Real people work with live data. So multifamily construction looks like it's on the verge of slowing down next year, right? Because it has 910,000. Uh, units under construction and the growth rate of rent is already falling so they're going oh okay maybe, maybe we don't need to build remember they're here to make money they're not here to oversupply a market they are not the march of dimes right it's about profit so the builder's confidence has always been a very very effective survey uh, uh because they only think about i got to build it make money and if it's not happening i'm not happy right and they're showing it right it's not it, it won't work right? The math doesn't work. So uh, uh, housing starts is coming to this week. Uh, most likely the downtrend is going to continue. It's going to continue for a long time, but we have such a backlog right now that it's a very weird situation in that, in that uh, context. If we didn't have a backlog, we'd probably have construction jobs by builders being uh, a loss. We already saw that in Boise. I think the biggest builder in Boise already laid off some people. So uh, we just have a very unique situation where they they they're they're building that right now. They're just taking their time, and they got to get you know loosen that project. The builders would really love it if mortgage rates got down to five percent. They were they were able to unload their homes. We had that big month to month sales beat when mortgage rates got back to five percent. So they are praying for bond rally. And so they could uh, uh, get rid of some of their supply out there and make some money off of it. But uh, we'll we'll see how that goes, especially as rates keep on going lower. Can they incentivize more and more? So uh, it is a positive for them. But when the when the housing market changes, the builders' confidence will rebound. Right? It'll be the first thing you see, uh, and that we're getting closer and closer to uh, uh, kind of the bottom phase, especially if rates go down next year. Uh, that the builders' confidence at some point will see some kind of rally. Not there yet, but something to think about for next year.
0: When you think about next year, so first of all, why don't you tell us when you're going to release your 2023 forecast, your economic forecast? I know you don't like to do it early and I also know you don't like to revise it constantly. You're not one of those people who's like, "Oh, here's No, this we
1: don't do it. I, I never I never I never got that. I never understood. You can do a forecast and then work around the parameters around that. But some people do these monthly revisions and it's just I think people get lost out there. Like you don't know what you forecasted because you're always revising it. Like uh so uh, obviously my price growth, my home price growth forecast for 2022 is not going to be right. It was too low. Right, it was too low. The year started off too hot, and mortgage rates—the uh, the rate factor—really happened after June. So, uh, home prices will be higher than 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 I thought they would be. Um, I do it at the end of the year, and then I try to put everything around economic models for it. Right, it's not designed to be this sexy extravaganza oh, crash or anything. It's designed to show people to teach people economics and. What are the variable factors that can change? Because listen, this is a crazy period in time in our history, right? 2020 was not, I mean, remember when I wrote that America's Back Recovery model April 7th, you guys were like, should we publish this? This sounds crazy. (laughs) I get it. I get it. Everybody was like, you're crazy thinking the US could recover this year. I said, I'm crazy, but the US will recover this year. Um, So we do the forecast at the end of the year. And then we always want to uh, put all the variables into that and then we work off of that during during the year because n- nothing ever works normally you just try to get the bit be- the baseline trend and go off of that so maybe the russian situation eases up next year maybe the growth rate of inflation falls faster and stuff like that so you got to you got to put all the intangible variables and i do it at the end of the year once a year and that's it been doing that since the end of 2010 right cuz i always say real ball players forecast with their names and faces right? Only cowards run around and troll with, with fake days. Ball players forecast. I love it. So I love everybody who forecasts themselves, especially when they use Arilla, because they are actually putting the, it out there. Everyone else just trolls out. But uh, uh at, at the end of the year, I know a lot of people do their forecasts early, but I like want to get all the information possible because you don't know. One event changes the entire landscapes. Of course, COVID has shown that uh, the Russian invasion has showing that, but uh, we want to get everything we can and then put it up there, and then let's go with it. And that's kind of how I've done it since the end of 2010.
0: We have an exciting announcement on Monday. We have the rescheduled debate between you and Mahanad, and we're really excited about that. Um, we're going to you're going to talk about uh, you know is there a bubble bursting? Like, give us a little bit of an update on that. So that's going to be a live event on Monday before Thanksgiving, 1230 Central Time, and tell us what you're going to talk about.
1: So with me, of course, I I have a very lovely relationship with the housing bubble boys for since 2012, right? And what I'm going to explain to people is how do you define a housing bubble? Because listen, this is the honest truth. We are below 2008 levels in purchase application data and inventory levels are like nowhere even close to the four decade average, right? Because Uh, I'm going to explain to you what constitutes a bubble and what constitutes a crash. And we actually have recent historical evidence to show us what a housing bubble looks like. Right. And we never had the credit expansion boom out there. So I always like people to explain to me what they look for in a bubble, because to me, the simplest definition is that a bubble means a price got to a very heated level. And in a very quick amount of time, it gets back to the start. Right. So these tech stocks, you know, that were trading 70 to 80 percent over their 200 day moving average, they collapsed very quickly. Right. That was a bubble. It just historically does. Bitcoin, you know, historically collapsed. Right. They happen in a very short amount of time. The housing crash. Right. Housing bubble. We had a credit boom, a credit bust inventory. We had all the mechanisms in place. We don't have that now. So it's not. Uh, it's not a housing bubble in that sense. right? Everybody kept on saying the speculation, the Wall Street investors, the Wall Street investors who went from 0.4% to 2.4% of sales. That's considered a no, no. Housing market is always driven by mortgage buyers. Mortgage buyers are legit now. Uh, this is the reason why inventories not skyrocketing. They're just buying a home to live in. They're not looking at it as an investment. There is your mistake with the housing bubble. A bubble means an investment, right? So the price has to come back down to 2020 levels in a very short amount of time. There is nobody outside of some crazy anti-central bank people who troll the internet all the time um, that's actually calling for this, right? So we want to get the definition of a bubble. We want to talk about the variables. And we also want to get forecasts. What levels are you looking for for inventory for it to be a bubble? What levels of sales and everything? Uh, And uh, we have that going on. And also on Monday, one of the big uh, Twitter accounts, Wall Street accounts, who talks about housing, I'll be on a Spaces event with him on Monday as well for those uh, 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 who are interested in that. Again, my job is economics done right, should be very boring. You always want to be the detective, not the troll. I don't do this for Flash or anything like that reason I had my blog, which was always free and no advertising, was just to teach economics so people have an understanding, right? The six Recession Red Flag Model was created to teach economics, to give some understanding. There's a lot of people that have a kind of a different agenda out there. I'm not, I'm not. Teacher wisdom, the old high school basketball coaches here.
0: <laughs> I'm excited about this one. It's going to be fun. Uh, Mohanad Alma is a, you know, he's a professor, he's a data guy, and he's really excited about this too. So it'll be fun to have you guys on there and, and work through what does the bubble look like? You know, are we in one now? Will we see one in 2023? I'm really excited. So again, that's Monday, 1230 Central and uh, on HousingWire. So the people have to sign up for it to watch it kind of like a webinar.
1: Yeah, it'll be fun. Again, for me, live debating is always my thing. It's always been my favorite thing. It's most fun for me to do. I hardly get to do it anymore, right? Because people saw what I've done in the past. But it's just fun when you're in in inversed. You're oxygen. You're breathing data in and out. You have nothing else to do but this. This is what I do. So this is a time where we actually get to showcase the stuff live, and it's just so much fun for me.
0: I'm so excited. Well, we will uh, hopefully everyone will be tuning in there. Logan, thanks so much for sitting down with us today. And of course, uh, we'll talk to you again in a few days.
1: How have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW
0: Plus, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your
1: HW Plus membership, you get access to longer-form digital content, the HousingWire magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like HousingWire Annual, and more.